It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz on the campus of Colorado State University, and we are broadcasting live in front of this beautiful studio audience. Thank you so much, Colorado State Rams. This is the football team. We're here with football player Bernard. How are you, Bernard? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, your last name? Blake. Bernard Blake. And what's your position? Cornerback. Cornerback. And we are here on the Social Awareness Radio Program to talk about some of the initiatives the Colorado State Rams do with uh, community service, service projects, your role in the community, how you help out. Uh, what do you have for us today, Bernard? Uh, well, just as a team, you know, there's different guys who go out in the community, uh, whether it's their hometown or just in the Fort Collins area. Um, there's student camps going on around here all the time, and there's football players who stop by and just say hi to the kids. Uh, I know Gary Grayson, Aaron Davis, uh, Deontay Clyburn, uh, those are some of the guys who stop by and say hey to the kids, and that really means a lot. Uh, I orchestrate a lot of that because we just go out and we, we just hang out with the kids, but they're all they come to me. One in it, I don't always just go to them, so that's pretty cool. So the uh, these big football players, they're hanging out with kids. What are the kids' reactions? Uh, you know, when a six foot five guy walks in. Oh well, when Brett Jordan walks in, you get, can I play with your hair? So <laughs> that's what that's the reaction. But they just love it. Um, they're just quick to turn around to their friends and say, "These are my friends." So I mean, it's just very impactful and it's good to see. Well, it's inspiring uh, to me and to all of our listeners that you guys are involved with the Fort Collins area uh, community, and it's a great reminder for all of us to get up off your couch, get involved, do something, make a difference. Bernard, I can't thank you enough for being on the show and for your role with the uh, community service here in the Fort Collins area. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. And uh, thank you to all the Rams here at Colorado State University. Thank you for having the Adam Rich Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. So proud to welcome our next guest to the broadcast. This is head coach of Colorado State football, Jim McElwain. We know him and we love him as Coach Mac. Hi, Coach Mac. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks. It's a pleasure to have you on the show again to talk about social awareness and community service uh, and character and integrity from, uh, from an athletic and a, a college football point of view. Uh, you don't get to be in your position with these D1 college football players without uh, knowing a little bit about character and integrity, and we like to hear what head coaches have to say on these topics. So putting you on the spot, what do you think about character and integrity when it comes to your players um, on the Colorado State football team? Well, you know, that was a big thing when we got here was uh, kind of changing the culture. And it really starts with, uh, you know, one of the first things is, uh, you know, we asked our guys to go ahead and be selfish. And what we meant by that is got to start to learn to take care of yourself before you can affect anybody else. And then we kind of move into selflessness, you know, where selfless, where we're talking about, you know, now it's time to impart more of yourself to where you can affect somebody in a positive way. And we constantly, on a daily basis, remind each other, you know, each one of us is responsible for our own actions, and our actions speak so loudly, no one else can hear you say, yeah. you know, hear what you say. And, uh, you know, at the same time, it's we really stress, hey, guys, 
you know, hold each other accountable and affect somebody in a positive way every day. Do you have um, situations on campus where you'll hear from a professor or alumni or even out of state, you know, when you're on the road and you hear from a mom or a parent um, that they witnessed one of your players doing something above and beyond in the vein of character, not just holding the door open for an old lady behind them, but uh, how, how, give me a couple of those stories, some of those success stories and how that makes you feel as the head coach. Well, you know, it's it's numerous, you know, and, and uh, since we've been here, what uh, we've done, uh, you know, with our image in the Fort College, Collins area in the state of Colorado and up and down the front range is something I'm telling you I'm really proud of because uh, obviously, you know, we all want to win games, but, you know, it's it's the bottom line is the reason I'm here is is to help these guys become better for the rest of their lives. And uh, the impact of being Rams is something that um, – we're able to impart throughout the country. And, uh, you know, I, I get these constant emails, uh, professors, people in airports, stewardesses, you know, when we're on the team playing, we've never seen a team act like this, uh, you know, and, and how well behaved they are. And, you know, those are things kind of as a head ball coach into a lot of these guys, you know, kind of a father figure that, uh, maybe some, you know, grew up in a little different area or something. And, uh, for those, for those stories to come back, those are the things that warm your heart. Yeah. Coach McElwain is our guest, head coach of Colorado State University Rams football. Uh, and when you look at a football team, freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, and I'm just a, a simple guy that can, that can look at that list and say that the seniors are the leaders. Um, is it uncommon to have a freshman, a young guy, a sophomore, a freshman step up and, and all of a sudden by the third week of the season, they're the leader? Does that happen? You know, we encourage everybody to be a leader. You know, there, there's no reason to sit back and, and wait. I think, you know, there's some things called, kind of times called the bystander effect, that when you get in large groups, you know, people just sit there and watch instead of, you know what, this isn't the behavior, this is what we want to get done, whatever it is. Or sometimes when you're in a one-on-one situation, you know, you can affect somebody a little bit more. We, re- we constantly talk that, look, there's nothing that says you're anointed as a senior, now you're a leader. Uh, you can affect somebody around you every single day in a great way. How do you handle, you know, let's be real, college football players, they like to have fun, and it's a social setting, a college campus. There's bars, there's, you know, if they're 21, it's legal for them to go to a bar. What is your approach with a 21-year-old player with the social scene and the bar scene? Well, I think, you know, really it's how you want to be viewed, you know, on the, on the outside. And, you know, understanding that no matter what, you're a target. And no matter where you're at, you're on display. You know, we're all in a fishbowl. And, you know, your behaviors are simply uh, somebody taking their phone and taking a picture of you. And although it might be that one instant, that'll be the burning thing in everybody's mind is when they see, you know, some silly incident. And so we talk about it all the time that you not only represent yourself, you represent your family, you represent this university, this football team, this community in this state. And uh, you got to take that with you everywhere you go. Coach Mack, Colorado State University, before I let you go, it's a social awareness radio show. We talk about social media and social media responsibility. Uh, I think you're a young coach. But I can sort of tell you're an old soul, especially when it comes to social media. Um, do you have a favorite one? Do you Facebook? Do you tweet? 
I've got some of the best stuff there is. And <laughs> I thought all you got to do is just check me out, man. It's good stuff. Okay. What's your Facebook? <laughs> or, or what's your Twitter? At Coach Matt? <laughs> you got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll do some research on that, and, and we'll post. We'll, I'll, I'll tweet you, and I expect to tweet back, okay? And you'll get it. Okay, Coach McElwain, uh, best of luck with Colorado State. Uh, engineered one of the most amazing bowl games ever. The 2014 was at the New Mexico Bowl, the win over Washington State. If you don't know the game I'm talking about, listeners, Google that. You, As a college bo- football fan, you need to know this game. Coach Mack, thanks for joining us. Best of luck here at Colorado State. As always, Adam, it's awesome. Thanks. Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRitzShow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is uh, on location in Fort Myers, Florida. We now uh, welcome our Fort Myers guest, Tom Murphy, is with us. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hi, Adam. Nice to see you on this beautiful day today. It is a beautiful day, and you are with the Fort Myers Track Club, putting on this great event to benefit charity as well. We'll get to that in a second. Tell us about uh, what you do with the Fort Myers Track Club. I am past president uh, several years past. I specifically do the timing for the events and race director at three or four events for the club. Tom Murphy's our guest with the Fort Myers Track Club. Uh, what else does the Fort Myers Track Club do throughout the year? Well, we have the Hooters Half Marathon coming up in March. Um, that one benefits. Also, we're doing a $100,000 pledge from there to the Galasanos Children's Hospital. Wow. Um, we have uh, River Roots and Ruts, a half marathon, a trail half marathon out in Caloosahatchee in January. Um, that benefits some of the uh, natural resource environment uh, people um, to uh, help the, with the water system out there. We have uh, about 26 different events a year that we, that we take on. And for our listeners... If you want more information, it's FortMyersTrackClub.com. You are right, Adam. And we encourage uh, everybody listening coast to coast, if you have a 5K in your area, whether it's a holiday or not, usually proceeds do benefit charity. Get involved. Get out. Get healthy. Uh, your registration fee goes to cover uh, the cost of some uh, really great high-quality foundations in your area. So, Tom, we thank you for coming on board and uh, supporting uh, foundations and running. Are you a former runner, or what's, your, what's your passion? No, I, I still run. I love to run. I ran a marathon in March up in North Carolina, so I'll, me and the wife are going to West Palm Beach, and we're going to go run uh, eight beautiful miles tomorrow morning around the uh, inlet and the harbor over there. What's uh, your best war story from running? A high school state champion? What do you got? Four-minute yeah. miler? What, what, give me something. No, nothing. I, I really didn't get into running until my 30s um, and, and, you know, just ran a bunch of road races and then wanted to start tackling marathons. So, you wow, know, I've run five marathons wow. and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. But it's your good. hips? Your it. hips are okay? I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> my feet are good. I'm good. <laughs> Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are on the campus of Southern Methodist University. It's SMU in Dallas, Texas, with head men's basketball coach Larry Brown. Hi, Coach Brown. How are you? 
It's good to see you again, Adam. I'm telling you, it's an honor to be with you. Uh, I followed you with you uh, when you were the Indiana Pacers. I'm a big Pacer fan growing up in Indianapolis, and it's just great to have you on the show to talk about uh, life skills and some of the off-the-court issues that we talk about on this Social Awareness Radio show, your foundations and charity work, I'm sure, from all those years in college basketball, the NBA, and now here at SMU, you've got a ton of stories. This could be a five-day interview, but we're just going to try to pull some, some little nuggets out here and there and, uh, and talk about your service, maybe. How important is that for you with your players now, your current team here at SMU with community service and getting them involved uh, with the Dallas area? Well, the most important thing is, you know, you teach them to be men, you know, um, in my life, I've been blessed. I, I played for some of the greatest coaches ever. Um, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for Coach Smith, Coach McGuire, Miss Dibble on the Olympic team, Pete Newell, John McClendon. All those people took a personal interest in me, and you know, it's allowed me to do exactly what I want to do. I'm, I don't think I'm capable of doing anything else, but I love teaching and coaching. And there's a lot more than just getting kids to play the right way. Um, you know, hearing you speak today, it's about what you represent and how many kids look up to you and you have a responsibility to do the right thing. So um, you try as a coach every day, you know, to set an example and to surround yourself with people that, you know, have the same values. So um, it's pretty neat. And my, my wife... Um, you know, she's gotten me involved in a lot of things that I never even thought about. Um, you know, we help with a camp called Dragonfly that helps kids with autism. It's the only autism camp of its kind. And I got to meet Paul Newman once, and uh, he had these hole-in-the-wall gang camps for uh, terminally disadvantaged kids. And my wife got me involved with a camp called Peyton Turtle. And... Uh, my daughter works as a counselor there, and it's been a big part of my life. But uh, really what I'm about, you know, I love basketball. I love the sport. I love what what it does for kids, what it's done with my life. And, you know, I'm 72 years old, and I've never worked a day in my life. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, you do what you love, and you don't work at all, do you? Coach Larry Brown is with us, uh, head men's basketball coach at Southern Methodist University. Um, you mentioned your age and, and your a uh, little bit of your resume from when you played in, in the basketball. You played in the NBA as well, didn't you? Well, I played in the ABA, and then okay. it merged. Okay. Um, and then uh, I was about a time in my career where I – I became a coach by accident. You know, I looked at myself. I wanted to be a high school coach um, and teach American history. I wanted to coach baseball, basketball, and football and have the summers off. And by some accident, I became a pro coach, and then I've gone back and forth pro in college and been pretty neat. Yeah. So with all of that experience, and I've got to think, uh, you know, I sometimes shake my head at how social media uh, has changed everything. And when you're coaching your kids on the court, um, is, that a, is that at the forefront of, of how you, uh, um, I don't want to say coach them on the court, but let's say after the practice, after a game, do you worry about what they're going to be tweeting, posting, Instagramming? Because that gets so many great athletes in so much trouble, the way they misuse their social media outlets. Well, I never really thought about it. You know, um when I was an NBA coach, um, 
I dreaded guys walking on the bus, you know, tweeting and talking and because I wanted them to interact with each other. I didn't realize, you know, whatever they say or do, other people hear about it all the time. But, you know, learning about it, and I realize now um, it's something you got to be responsible enough to realize that whatever you say is public knowledge. And I, you know, I won't mention names of coaches, but um, in the last couple of years, I've heard a lot of people say something about a coach that he's involved with this person and it's affected their lives. Um, and they're not, they're not aware of it. Our kids are not aware of it. So I bring it to our kids' attention. Um, and I don't know if they really realize it. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, I got to watch Pacific and uh, Band of Brothers. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, I don't think I would have had the courage to do what those 18-year-olds did. And everybody said, well, when you're 18, you think you're invincible. You don't think there's any consequence to what you do. And there's a consequence for everything we do. And hearing you speak and making my kids aware of what the potential of doing something wrong or saying something they don't really mean or you're just kidding about it can affect the rest of your life is really important for these kids to hear. Um, and it's a shame because uh, when I was a young coach, everything they wrote about you was just about the game. It had nothing to do with you as a person. You either won the game or lost the game. Um, they very rarely said you played badly. Um, now, when they report about the game, it has nothing about the game mm -hmm. anymore. It's all about the personality or how you acted. And I tell our kids all the time, people judge you by the way you look, by the way you dress, by the way you conduct yourself. And that sets in it, you know, their opinion of you for the rest of your life in some cases. So I guess that's what you're talking about. Do you? Have a Twitter or a Facebook? No, um, <laughs> but I have it now. As a as a college coach, um, I have to let people know what I do on a daily basis. Um, you know, because kids are constantly looking for things. Um, it's 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 amazing that my assistants are always tweeting stuff. I, I just learned how to use a phone. <laughs> Honest, I, I, I did not know how to text at all. I never even thought about it. Okay. never even entered my mind. But they told me, when you're a college coach, this is an important part. And that's part of recruiting. Um, you're trying to establish, you know, SMU in the eyes of kids where they think they want to come there and play mm -hmm. for you. So... I don't do it, but my assistants do it. I'm probably getting in trouble for saying that. Do you have an iPad? No. Um, <laughs> I, I, had, I don't know how to use a computer. Um, the, the only way that I will use a computer is to watch a game. Okay. I, but my assistants have to sit next to me and show me. <laughs> now, my boy, I have a, I have a boy who's going to be a freshman here next year and a daughter who will be 16 on Wednesday 
and they know how to use everything. And they're involved with every part of social media you can be. Um, and they help me in a lot of cases because it's really informative. There's a lot of things, you know, I hear a lot of neat people speak, and that's affected my life in a real positive way. And there's some examples that I've seen that, you know, they'll, sh they'll show me that I, I'm a little nervous about them watching, but... Uh, you know, they're decent kids. They've been raised the right way, so I'm comfortable with that. Head coach Larry Brown is joining us on the program. He's the uh, head coach at SMU, Southern Methodist University. You mentioned your children now. They're teenagers. One of them's coming to college next year. Uh, let's talk parenting and fatherhood. I mean, as a coach, uh, you've got a little bit of an advantage on You've been coaching and teaching children uh, and athletes your whole life. Um, there are a lot of people out there that are that are struggling with parenthood and, and um, how 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 to handle and communicate with their own kids. Uh, what's been your I guess best experience as a father and maybe uh, uh, best advice to the next generation of fathers? Well, I'll have a wife like I have. <laughs> she's she's a great mother, and you know, it, unfortunately, there's a lot of things that my profession have allowed me to do. Um, but it's kept me away from my kids a lot. So I've been so lucky to have a wife that uh, the most important thing for her is raising their kids. Um, I want them to have great grades. I want them to be great athletes. I want them, you know, to be popular. But at the end of the day, um, I want them to be decent kids, and uh, they really are. They get it. Uh, they treat people with respect. Um, they know by their actions it, ha it reflects on us, and I hope that they understand that we realize by the way Shelley and I act reflects on them. So we do the very best I can, uh, we can to make sure we're a big part of their lives. Um, and I, I'm really concerned with how I act. Um, and there was a time in my life I didn't think about that. Um, and I've been so lucky that there's been people that have been part of my life. I lost my dad when I was really young, but everybody in my family kind of took care of me and taught me right from wrong. But I heard Dennis Prager say at one time, yeah, I'd love my kids to have great grades, love them to be popular, but at the end of the day, I want them to be decent and respect other people, and I think our kids are, are that way. That's fantastic. Uh, when I think of the glory days of, uh, of the Pacers, uh, I think of you and uh, your work with uh, Rick Smits and, and Reggie Miller and those battles with the New York Knicks. Uh, from your seat on the bench, tell us about uh, maybe a couple of fond memories from uh, the Larry Brown files with the Indiana Pacers. Well, I mean, when you coach in Indiana it's, uh, and you coach basketball, I, I know the Colts have changed that culture a little bit, but that's a basketball state. Um, what Branch McCracken did and Bobby Leonard did and Bobby Knight did and all these great high school programs, I mean, basketball is huge there. And uh, I love being part of that because, one, people love the sport, but the other thing is they were so passionate about it and knowledgeable. And that was fun. And then, you know, I worked for the greatest owners. You could, the Simons were phenomenal. 
I mean, uh, anything you needed as a coach to be successful, they were there to, to help you. And then I coached some of the greatest players ever. Reggie Miller, um, you know, people see a side of Reggie being crazy and emotional, but he worked at his craft. He was one of the greatest teammates you could ever be around. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to see him get in the Hall of Fame, and that was that was pretty darn special. Rick Smith's, uh, when I got the job, Donnie said, Donnie Wall said, I don't know, in my heart I think Rich Smith can play, but I want you, you to find out. And I hung around that guy, and he was one of the most underrated players I'd ever been with. And I saw Dell Davis grow and develop each day, and I saw maybe the greatest teammate of all time, and a kind of guy named Derek McKee one of the most underrated players. And I was fortunate enough to be around all those guys. And then after I left, they only got better. You know, Larry Bird and Rick Carlisle and Coach Harder, you know, made that team even better. So I have great memories about being in Indianapolis. That's fantastic to uh, to hear because we've all got uh, great memories of, of you coaching the Pacers. Um, Larry Brown is our guest, uh, one of the all-time great coaches, and uh, you're just really starting your uh, tenure here with Southern Methodist University. Let's talk about the present and the future real quick. What's the future for Larry Brown here at SMU? Well, I know June Jones is a good friend of yours. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for June. I was like the 15th choice, (laughs) and June kept pushing me and saying, hang in there, stay with it. And June and I met when I was coaching San Antonio, and he was driving us around. This happened a long, long time ago, and I think in 1989 or 90. And lo and behold, you know, 20-something years later, we're hooked up together. But this is a great school. It's great academically. We're going into a new conference where the competition is going to be so much greater. Uh, The exposure is going to be better. We were 15 and 17 this year, and... Um, I don't think it did a great job, but we had a young team and we were pretty short-handed. But we've had an amazing recruiting year. We've got some really quality kids left in the program. And if I don't screw them up, we're going to be pretty damn good. And I, you know, I want us to compete on a, on a national level. I, I look at us, we have the potential to be a lot like Butler. Yeah. And you know what Brad has done with that program. Yeah. We have the potential to be a lot like Gonzaga. We have a lot of the same things that John Thompson had when he went to Georgetown in a great conference, a great school academically, in a great city. So I'm hopeful we can grow and develop this into being a pretty special place. Well, that's exciting. Uh, Larry, we th- thank you for your time. Larry Brown, the head coach here at SMU. Uh, just a pleasure to have you on and uh, hear about your work with autism and with these kids you, you have here at SMU and, and your memories from the Pacers. It's just been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Coach Brown, for joining us. It's great to see you again, Adam. Thank you. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. Today we are broadcasting live in front of a studio audience at Missouri Science and Technology. Otherwise known as Missouri S&T. And we are here with our first guest, uh, Tucci. 
Yeah, Scott Tucci. Scott Tucci. I can't call you Tucci, can I? You can. I can? Yeah. Okay, I'll just call you Scott. All right. Uh, and you are a member of the IFC, the Interfraternity Council here at uh, Missouri Science and Technology. What is your fraternity? Uh, Sigma Phi Epsilon. Sigma Phi Epsilon! Okay, now I heard about your uh, charity, the IFCs, so I'm assuming it involves uh, the, pretty much the entire campus, all the fraternities to benefit St. Jude. What is this uh, charity that you guys do? Uh, the charity is a up till dawn charity uh, where everyone gets together in the Greek community to uh, stay up all night to support uh, cancer awareness. And during this up all night, up till dawn, uh, I'm assuming, you know, being the good college kids that you are, you don't normally stay up all night, right? <laughs> you bunch of liars. So on this night when you're up all night, uh, what kind of activities are you doing? Uh, well, last year it was paired with Greek Sing, so every uh, fraternity and sorority had a band that played, and then there was three uh, informational speakers that also uh, performed. And is the, uh, the charity, St. Jude's, do they have a representative there, and do they sing too? Uh, no, St. Jude did nothing. They just take the money. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so how much money was raised? Uh, does anybody know? 20, 20, $22,000? $22,000. <laughs> Very, very impressive. Twenty-two grand uh, raised with the up all night, up till dawn. Mm -hmm. Yep. With uh, Missouri uh, Science and Technology. More information. Is there a Facebook page or the website online? Uh, yeah, there's an IFC Facebook page that has more information on it. Do you know what that is? Uh, MSTIFC. MSTIFC. That's what you search on Facebook. Yes. MSTIFC to learn about the twenty-two grand that Missouri Science and Technology uh, gathered for St. Jude's Hospital, huh? Correct. All right, let's have a round of applause for all of you. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.